Bergkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Bergkamp. That's magnificent. The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Black Up Monday Nato podcast. You know what it was? I was watching the YouTube <laughs> one instead of the flipping this one, instead of the um, streamcast. That was my problem. <laughs> See, clearly, we're off to a good start straight away. Hello, everyone. Um, my name's Carl, uh, and this is going to be one of those shows where probably things are going to go wrong. But at least we turned up, didn't we, gentlemen? Because Danny is decided to be lazy and not decide to podcast. He's moaning, oh, I've done 12 podcasts in a row. It's your fucking show, Danny. You're supposed to do 12 podcasts. Josh is busy whoring himself out to um, the Harvey squad. Um, Chris is probably doing his hair. And everyone else is just... John is probably being a whore, to be honest. But, you know, um, we move. Uh, but today we have Femi. Hello, Femi, the voice of reason. How are you doing? A voice of reason? I don't know about that. <laughs> I've wanted to jump off a cliff a few times. But, yeah, no, all good, all good. Um, I'm just on double duty watching the games that are going on in the background. But, yeah, no, all good. Ready to talk Arsenal. Good, good. And Richard, how are you, sir? Not too bad, my man. Not too bad. Tired from work, but, you know, still willing to give it a go. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, when Arsenal win, it puts me in a better mood. So, uh, you know, we will crack on. Um, we're going to talk about the win over West Ham, which... I will be very honest, as pessimistic as I am, or optimistic sometimes, I didn't think we'd win this game, I'm going to be very honest, just because West Ham are playing very well lately, and I knew they'd have one eye on their Europa um, League semi-final. However, I something in the back of my mind just thought Arsenal would think that they'll, West Ham would take it easy and play some kids. And West Ham were kind of full strength, didn't they, apart from playing, not playing Antonio. I mean, Femi, when you saw the West Ham team sheet, what did you think? Um, obviously, um, I'd listened to like <clears throat> David Moyes' press conference and, you know, all sorts of rumours throughout the week saying, you know, they're going to rest players and whatnot. And Moyes was talking about, well, he, he can't put too many youngsters in and all of that kind of stuff. So that's when the alarm bells started thinking, hmm, maybe he's not going to, rest as many players but one thing about West Ham is their squad is not that big anyway so you know outside of their 11 once they start trying to rest a load of players they're just into you know probably their youth team which to be fair I don't watch a lot of West Ham on the 23s I wouldn't know but yeah it was a bit of a shock to see such a strong lineup especially considering they got such a big game uh, you know the Thursday afterwards you wouldn't have expected such a strong lineup but, you know, it might have worked in our favour as well because, you know, if you've got a big game on in the week, you're not going to exactly go full pelt, are you? So, you know, it's kind of like a half-and-half half situation where, you know, sometimes we've, we've played weakened teams before and we, we couldn't even get ourselves over the line. So it, 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 it was a surprise, but, you know, I don't think they had much choice, to be honest. 
No, I kind of agree. I mean, I, only from an Arsenal standpoint, I thought that they would definitely go weaker just because I know they've got no centre-backs as well. Like, um, they're really struggling. And this, even Kurt Zuma coming back, obviously I'm assuming they're coming to get some game time. But I was quietly shocked just at how quite strong they went. Richard, when you saw the Arsenal team, what did you think? Were there any surprises that jumped out at you? I mean, the only one, maybe Tommy Yasu starting. What do you think about that? Um, no, not really. Um, I said after Tommy's cameo in the, um, was it the United game he came back from? Yeah, I think it was. Um, after his cameo in that, I, I figured he would start, um, get minutes under his belt before, uh, before like the, the North London Derby and stuff like that. Um, I think the only real decision was possibly Martinelli or Smith Rowe. Uh, and I think this is, this is, Probably a game for for Martinelli rather than uh, Smith Rowe in the sense of you know giving a bit of protection to helping out Nuno who was who, who's been struggling of late and 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 things of that nature. So no, you know there was there was no no real big surprise. You know, Enketia after his performance uh, of late is is kind of undroppable from from the squad. You know, same with the um, the Egyptian Pirlo. You know, undroppable un- un- uh, 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 at the minute, so it kind of picked itself. I think the only, the only, the only thing that I kind of, I, I kind of sighed a little bit was when um, Ben White. I saw Ben Ben White. <laughs> ben White was injured, and I kind of, um, yeah, I kind of got. I was like, oh no, oh no. But Bob Holding came in, did an did an excellent job, didn't he? No, he, he definitely did. He's a great deputizer for Ben White. So it wasn't too bad. Um, The game itself in the first half wasn't the best, was it, Femi? It just seemed that we couldn't string a pass together. You know, our attacks kept breaking down and it seemed like our players didn't know that we were playing in yellow because we just couldn't find the players. And I think it was you that was, I can't remember if it was you or not, that started questioning um, the pitch because it was just weird how passes were just going awry, like nothing was going right for us. Yeah, I think for both teams, to be fair, I mean, we, we obviously concentrate on ourselves a lot, but the first half was just lacking in so much quality. It was pretty poor. You know, I made a remark that I had spent the day before randomly actually watching Gillingham. <laughs> they were getting, I think they were getting relegated from League One. They were playing, I don't, I don't even remember who they were playing, but they were in League One. And I said the quality is is on a part to be honest. If if you swapped one game for another, you wouldn't actually recognise one was in the Premier League. And we just we just seem to have these games sometimes where we just cannot connect passes. The passing is slow, it's it's tedious, it's you know, the build up from the back, defenders throwing their arms in the air. And it seems to be one of those, especially the first part of the first half, you know, we, we just there was just something lacking, you know. It wasn't a, it, you couldn't even pick out a particular player at that point, you know. I've got my bugbears with with some players, but you know, you couldn't pick out this is a player. But there was a lot of passes that just kept going out of play, or a two simple two yard pass that someone can't connect with. So it, it was a little bit of a, a strange situation. And obviously, like I said, West Ham just. I mean, I, I don't remember e- either keeper having a lot to do in the first half, to be honest. 
No, I can't remember like a significant save to make. I mean, I want to talk about this guy later on in the show, but uh, Tavares, I, I was watching the game at work, Richard, and had it on my iPad. And I just kept, every time sort of Tavares got the ball, I just kept almost shouting at him to say, no, don't do that. No, get back. No, stay in position. Like, I understand that he wants to get forward, but I just feel like his positional awareness is just atrocious to me. Like, I don't know what you think, if you agree or whether you don't agree. Um, I do agree. I, th- I think it's, it's, I do agree. I think it's a little bit highlighted in the because he's, he's the one we're focusing on. Um, uh, kind of thing in in a, because he he's had some shaky and, and, and ropey displays of of late so like we we we're, we're almost uh, super focused on every little mistake he makes every little bit he's at, he's out of position um i i think i don't think he's a natural left back um i actually think he was better against west ham than he has been of late uh, and i i think having Tommy Asu in the back line helps him out a lot because I think naturally Tommy Asu almost reverts into like a back three almost at times, which means the two centre-backs can hold over and just close up those spaces that, that Nuno would ordinarily um, to vacate. Um, uh, you know, I, I think I, I can't remember where I heard it or the thing, but like, you know, the guy is allegedly like uh, supposedly like Nuno Torres he's played a, a shockingly small amount of of professional first team games so like he's 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 even younger than his years would suggest so i mean that's probably one of let's say an, an, another reason why his positional play is so so lacking but i i say i, I, I do get what you what you mean in the sense of it's i say your eyes just get drawn drawn to him because it's that chaotic style that he kind of has kind of highlights and it's like a big neon sign of mistake, mistake. He's not, you know, uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, as in, like I say, it's, 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 he seems to highlight it. We seem to highlight him more than other players at the minute, just because of the bad spell that he's going, going through. You know yeah. what? I'm going to just, I'm going to say something controversial. I just don't see it uh, even a little bit. Mm. I, I get he's athletic and everything, but he's very, very fortunate. I think he, believe it or not, that what happened in that May United game could have been one of the worst, mm. I don't know, 60, 70 minutes of any Arsenal player I've ever seen. He could have given away three penalties. He, he did give away one penalty. He was, he was controlling the ball into setting him up for counter-attacks. It was just a weird... And he seems to do that in every match where he has this spell of about 30 minutes where his head's just completely gone. And I think he's just lucky that he's 20 or 21, whatever he is, and people think that that's a reason to, to have an upside. Sometimes a player just doesn't have... A, he's never going to make it. So I think... To, to I, play I devil's advocate, though, at the, st- at the start of the season, people were chirping and saying about that he might could Tierney get back in the in, in the team because he was he he was he was doing all right. But I I do agree. I think I think also, but because he's he's so pacey as well, I think that gets him out of trouble sometimes. So he's he's kind of 
not in over his head, but he's playing above what his technical level is at. I always felt that with Bellerin as well. When Bellerin burst on the stage because of his pace, he was four or five years ahead of where his technical ability actually was. And I, I have a, a slight little inkling with Nuno. And I think that's where, let's say, he's, he's getting found out because, let's say, his positional sense, as Carl alluded to, at times is just, is shocking. And some of like his decision-making, like and he, in the West Ham game, he went on like a mazy run and he just, he seemingly like he didn't know where he was going. And he just, he just went down a blind alley, lost the ball and then and didn't run back. And it was, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I completely get what you guys are saying. You know what? It's 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 funny because we're winning. If we were not winning these games, I don't think anyone would be laughing at all. That that's all I'm saying. It, it's it's quite hilarious because you know we're finding a way to dig ourselves in our wins. But you know, let him do something like that against Tottenham. I don't think everyone would be as forgiving, to be honest. That's what I'm just saying. I'm just saying that just a word of caution. The, the amount that we're laughing now and oh isn't he so funny and just don't don't turn on him when he does he plays exactly the same way and it does and it goes absolutely pear shaped because it's a flip of a coin at the moment whether it's going to go right or go wrong. Mm. I want to pick up on something that Richard said that he's not a natural left back. I mean, I, 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 Richard, I actually agree with you, but I don't you think it's weird that we bought him to play left back. And so many people now are saying he's not a natural left back. So he's not a natural left back. What is he? A wing back? Is he uh, a left midfielder? It, if did we buy him as a left midfielder? I'm sure we bought him to deputise Kieran Tierney as a left back. I I I think he I think his his ideal position would be a left back in a in a in a in a five or you know in in a wing back position. Um, you know, you look at the 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 heat maps and stuff like that for, for Tierney and how high Tierney played a lot of the time. Again, like I said, we, we've, we've that axis of, of Tommy Yasu, um, White and Gabriel almost like I said, at times playing as a three, you know, you look at those average positions, Tierney, even Tierney was so high up in the pitch. And I think that's what, what Nuno has, has been kind of brought into deputise. But the, the problem, the issue is, I think, is that when Tommy got injured, the replacement for Tommy was Cedric, who is a very, very different right back. So that three then became a two. So the, the, the Gabriel and White are now filling in those spaces for um, for Cedric and for Nuno. And then you've got gaps all over the gaff. And, you you know, coupled into the fact that, you know, um, of, you know, I think it was post-Christmas, I think Xhaka was playing, also playing a lot, lot higher as well. Whereas normally he would have that inclination to to drop deep and fill into that that left-back slot that was vacated by Tierney and stuff like that. You know, again, that's just more gaps for for Nuno to vacate and that when he does vacate them, we get punished on the on the counter-attack. Um, yeah, so that's that's my two pence. So that's why I think that's why that's why I kind of say that he's not a natural left back. I don't think he's a natural left back in a in a in a four of yet. He hasn't mastered that role, or I don't think he's done it enough to to curb those attacking instincts. Well, not curb, but you know what I mean, like smarten his attacking instincts. 
what do you do with him, Femi, next season? Like, I listen, I don't want to keep him in the status, but do you sell him and try and recoup your money back for him? Do you um, give him a loan? Like, where, like, it depends where we end up, I plays. think. Yeah, I think it depends where we end up. If we end up in the Europa League, I'll keep him and let him play the group stages of the Europa League. Um, we've already been linked with a new left back, the one, uh, the Scottish guy from Bologna. Bologna, there you go. That seems like something that <laughs> it, it, it's a random rumor that, but it could just be true. You know, you you, you sign a, another left back, then you you send him out on loan, either to develop or with the aim of of selling him. So I could see him going back to Portugal on loan. Personally, um, that might make sense. Um, you know, he's still why he's still got value. I'm sure his value's gone up, but it, it, it's so random, isn't it? That there was a there was a a month, like you said. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he was linked to Man City. <laughs> Do you remember that? Was Does he? Remember that? Yes, he was linked to Man City. I could pull up the report right now. He was oh, linked to God. Man City. <laughs> the report said him. that. <laughs> That Man City had been scouting him as a as a cover left back. It's, it's such a weird, oh, <laughs> a weird report. But yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's such a random rumor. But I think a season on loan out of the spotlight, you know, might do him some some good. Yeah, I. De- I mean, if we qualify for Champions League, I mean, what's the, what's the point? He's not exactly. I mean, I've been watching some of the Champions League games the last two weeks, and <laughs> the quality he get, in yeah, he yeah, destroyed in the Champions exactly. League. And like, That's... like you said, we'll all laugh. Like, if he makes a mistake against Tottenham and they win one 0 because he's made the mistake, no one is going to forgive him. Like, uh, I just want all. everyone to keep keep the same energy. Just don't be angry. Just laugh the same way. If you want to <laughs> laugh now, because he just <laughs> he plays the same way every single game. Femi, you, you've met Arsenal fans before, yeah? Exactly. You, like, it's it's like... fickle, but, you know, it's not a fickle <laughs> child. Um, well, I was talking about the goal, the first goal that we uh, scored against West Ham. So I remember what led to the corner was an Eddie shot. Like, um, it came a ball from, I want to say Odegaard, played it to Eddie. Eddie sort of danced between some players and tried to find the bottom corner. Fabianski sort of palmed it away. And then Saka score um took the corner and it was a goal from Rob Holding his first in the um in the premiership which I found so weird when the commentator said that like and he's because it seems like he's been playing in the premiership for years and you'd have thought that maybe we would have got a goal before but he didn't. I mean Richard when we scored our first goal was it more of a relief especially the timing as well of the goal. What did you think about that? Um, yeah, because it was it, we hadn't really it, it created much. Like, as Femi said, it was it was kind of a, a, a game lacking in quality up up until that, and I I don't think we'd really really done much. And you know, the chance was created through West Ham losing the ball in midfield, like playing a poor pass. You know, Odegaard jumps on it, played a through pass to Inketia, and it was. Uh, it was a, a um, it was a nice little shot, you know. Um, it was one of those things that he, you know, Inketia likes to do. He, he very rarely tends to put his foot through it, does it? He likes to to cushion the ball and and and, and, and almost pass it into the net. And it was a decent save from Fabianski. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that that uh, Holden hadn't scored in the Premiership before. Like I said, considering how long he's been playing for, 
and that he is fairly decent in the air. But I am, um, I suppose it's it's taken until our new set piece coach to arrive for us to to really like say to um make the corners pay dividends. You know, I thought it was it was very well uh, very well uh, well versed. You know, it, why they stuck was it Lanzini on on yeah. holding? I'll never know. That was. Yeah, that was the strange, strange decision. You know, he just literally shoved him off, you know, get on the weight, son, and a nice little glancing header. So it was good, you know, settled down, settled down the nerves because I was, as Fermi touched on at the start, I think I was, I was, or in my view, it was saying, was very nervous about the, the, the game in the, at the start because I, I, I was worried we were going to be too complacent, worried that, you know, that we were going to think, oh, they're in the Europa League semi final, so we're not going to, um, they're not going to try. They're going to put out their kids, or what? You know, whatever. I was, I was worried about our complacency. So, and getting getting the first goal is so vital for Arsenal. Um, I, you know, we, we're we're so uh, at the, of late we're so much better um, when teams, ha- you know, have to open up a little bit rather than us trying to break down uh, low block teams. So I was I was very thrilled when we uh, when we got that first goal. Yeah, and then we, you're thinking that we're going to go in at halftime, all good, and we concede a goal. I from I'm I watched the goal again, and I'm kind of watching it now. And I hate to say this, and it starts from Tavares miscontrol. It goes out for a throw-in, where simple ball where he miscontrols it from um, Xhaka, and then West Ham play it sort of uh, into Declan Rice. Goes out Fanzini, uh, and then it goes uh, comes back in to Kufal, and my issue is Kufal has so much space because for some unknown reason it seems like we were playing a three at the back, and our left back wasn't where the left back is. Now I don't want to take any credit away from uh, Jared Bowen because that control and the shot to hit it in was absolutely brilliant. And I don't like really praising uh, other teams' players, but give him credit, it was brilliant. But again, I think there's a load of errors there because um, Gabriel didn't cover himself in glory either, did he, Femi, turning his back? That is one of my bugbears about defenders turning their backs. Like, it pisses me off. Do you remember that um, Mustafi used to do all the time, turn his back? Like, you'd think that you'd stand straighter to make your body bigger, but I, I don't know. It was just... <sighs> How frustrated was you conceding that goal just before half time? Yeah, it's it's quite weird because we also had like literally about a minute after they scored, Declan Rice had a header, didn't he, from a corner that um yes. Ramsdale pulled yeah. off uh, uh, and great save. Yeah. So and we had against Chelsea, you know, went ahead twice, immediately got pegged back against Man United. As soon as Saka scored, immediately they Ronaldo scored their goal, so it seems to be a little theme running at the moment where we score and then just immediately within five minutes concede a goal. So it's it's very very frustrating, and um, you know it's you're, you're talking about people turning their back. You know against Chelsea, Xhaka turned his back, didn't he? And it deflected off his inside leg, and it uh, went through the, onto goal as well. So that's that was another one that turned his back. So it, it's it's um, we haven't been keeping much clean sheets lately. 
I think it's six games without a clean sheet now. So it's something that we've kind of prided ourselves on during the whole Arteta area is our defending. And it hasn't lately been up to scratch. But on the upside is obviously we've complained about lack of goals. So we have been scoring <clears throat> more goals, to be fair. But honestly, we need to... It will be good to keep a few clean sheets before, you know, some of these, these these games. Four games, you know, if we can keep three clean sheets in the next four games, which we're definitely capable of, you know, if we decide to shut up shop, we we, we 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 can do it, you know, and and let's see if we if we can do that before the end of the season and, and stop conceding silly goals. I mean, yeah, it, it's frustrating. Um, you spoke about it on a podcast a while ago, Femi, about Ramsdale not being as good as he was when I'm not saying he's rubbish, but not being as good as he was when he first came. Do you think? And again, we're going to talk about Ramsdale in a second. Um, but do you think that? Either he's getting a bit too confident. Uh, do you think that he needs? Well, there's no point resting him now. There's like yeah. three games left, so there's so there's no point. But do you think it's maybe lack of competition, knowing that he's the nailed on number one, so he can do kind of what he wants and knows that he's not going to get dropped. Yeah, he does get a bit overexcited. I think it's it seems to be, and um, <clears throat> a lot of the mist. I mean, where, where I was coming from was he he was making a lot of basic errors not not like massive massive clangers where you know like the um who, who is it the Villarreal keeper the other night who just oh totally um, Tuli, um <laughs> absolutely no, what Rudy, is, or whatever yeah. his name is yeah, he Rudy, absolutely yeah. oh god was he was ridiculous unbelievable it's not it's nothing like that <laughs> it's nothing like that it's just like little oh. little mistakes where i think what you're saying is it's probably what what makes sense which is because there's a lack of competition, you know, he kind of knows Leno's leaving, you know, people can read between the lines, you know, he knows that he's number one. Whereas if he, if he, if you were like, you know, in January and he was making silly mistakes, you should have a, a backup keeper that can say, you know what, I'm going to take his place for one game or one game here just to, just to sharpen him up, you know, and maybe his injury that he had as well. Maybe we don't know what the effects of that are, but I thought he was a lot better in this game, to be fair. He's kicking out was a lot, lot better in this game. It wasn't just kicking it into touch and, and stuff like that. It was back to, you know, uh, distribution-wise, much better. Um, I think he found it a bit diff more difficult kicking it to um, Rob Holden and Ben White, to be fair. But um, I thought it was a lot better, apart from one crazy incident in this game. But... <laughs> yes, and that's what I want to talk about. Um, so, as always... I always take off my Arsenal hat and put on my football hat, Richard. Um, <laughs> that when he came out, what was what was first of all, what was you thinking when he first came out and uh, he he didn't make contact? But what was your initial thoughts of when he came rushing out of his goal? I thought Almunia had come back to the club. <laughs> I thought Manuel had, 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 had robbed holding of his shirt and had, had said, don't worry, lads, I've got this for the next five minutes. It was bizarre. I, I thought he was done for. I thought that was, uh, you know, in the cold light of day, in natural time, I thought that was a foul and I thought, oh, he's, he's gone. He's, you know, he's taking this dude out. But yeah, thankfully for him, he didn't make a touch because it was... It's one. That, it's also one of those things where you think, like, do, you know, do do you only do you only judge something on impact? Because he he made 
he was never getting to the ball or anything like that. I was, yeah, I was heart in mouth. I was absolutely crapping myself uh, that he had, he had royally uh, boiled up. But um, did, 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 um, I, I, I'm a bit confused about it. Did Mike Dean blow for a foul, uh, sorry, for for a dive or did Bowen, because I thought, of, I thought at one point, I thought Bowen had, kind of come clean and said that he hadn't and I thought that's what Mike because Mike Dean was like giving him like a weird thumbs up and you know all that sort of stuff so I, I, I was really confused about that 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 whole incident I think he was so again I'm watching it now um ball over the top he comes rushing out I'll be honest with you I was working at the time and I turned to my colleague and I said Ramsdale's off because I thought he had taken him out and if I'm really honest, I would have had no qualms if Ramsdale got sent off. I literally would have been, okay, cool, like it is what it is. Because, like I said, take off my Arsenal hat, put on my football hat. I, I think if that's at the other end and um, the West Ham keeper had done that, I would be screaming red. It's only when you see um, and, um, the replay from behind that you see that. I See, I personally don't think that Jared Bowen dived he avoided contact. Like, he was either stay there and get clattered and possibly break my leg or move out the way. Like, he didn't dive and flail about and roll around and start screaming. He literally just avoided contact. But for me, Ramsdor rushing out, studs up, like, and he's all these studs were up as well. If Bowen doesn't dive up, move out of the way, he, he that's a leg breaker. Like, 100% no qualms. Leg breaker, Femi. Do you think that um, Ramsdale was lucky to stay on the pitch? Not even lucky to stay on the pitch. What do you make of that incident? Do you know what goalkeepers get away with a lot? That's all I can say because I've seen goalkeepers do like a lot of things. If if I put it like this, if an outfield player did that, he would have been off. That's the easiest way I can say it. Do you, do you think? Yes. Do you think VAR would have overturned it because he didn't make any contact? I know you mean. That's why I go back in in saying well, about the, the fact is, of you, all these rules you're you're just... refing by by outcome yeah. rather than you know what. Yeah, this is the problem with all these rules that because you, his intent there. Yeah, the intent thing, the force, and all of that rubbish. I mean, look at Xhaka's red card against Man City at the beginning of the season. He went in with force. He literally grazed the player, but because of the intent, the force, he was off. You know, so it, it's it's kind of like, what what do we do? Who knows with all these rules? Like, it, it's just sometimes it's pluck it out of the air. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, my heart was in my mouth, and it's only when I saw him take out the yellow card, even I was like, oh, okay, yellow card for um, Ramsdale. I'll take that. And then when I saw Bowen's name come up, I was like, oh. And then he was saying, yeah. Because you could see him saying, yeah, he didn't touch me. He didn't touch me yet. Fair dues. Like, it is what it is. But I think Jared Bowen is extremely unfortunate to get a yellow card there. Like, I'm very honest. And I think that Ramsdale is very, very fortunate to stay on the pitch. Like, especially it being Mike Dean as well. I would have thought, shit, like, that's it. Uh, he's yeah, that's probably, the, that's probably the last game Mike Dean does for Arsenal as well. Hopefully, yeah, but, um, he's not doing another <laughs> game on for us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I thought, damn, that's um, that he's lucky to stay on the pitch. 
Um, and then after that, we kind of went up the other end and got a corner and scored from the corner. Uh, and, you know, like you said, our set-piece our set piece coaches seem to be doing well. Um, Femi, the, so the corner came in, it got headed out, and Martellini sort of put the ball onto his right foot, or left foot, sorry, and then put the ball back in. I originally thought it was offside uh, from Gabriel because I thought they're going to call it offside because it's just one of those things. But it was good movement. If I'm going to be critical, we scored, brilliant, but Gabriel headed it straight at Fabianski. And it was the momentum that took it into the goal. Like, uh, you know, a goal's a goal and I don't really care. But yeah. what did you make um, of that when we yeah, scored? Yeah, the, the West Ham defender that was keeping him onside decided that he was going to abandon him and sort of play an offside trap when there was literally no pressure on the board. But the cross had already come in and he was playing an offside trap. I, did, I, I think it was I, four nails again. I think it was four nails yeah, again. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Our yeah. man of the match. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. He decided to, to run out for no reason whatsoever. But Gabriel's, um, he's scored quite a few goals since he's come to Arsenal. Um from mainly from corners, um, it's quite. A, um, I think he's the. They said he's a top scoring defender in the league, if I'm not mistaken, or centre back. So he's he's done quite well. He's he's jumped joint top scorer with all our strikers anyway, with four Premier League goals with <laughs> Aubameyang and yeah. Lacazette. How much of a sad state of affairs is that? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? There was a team in the league that had this crazy goal record. I think their first scorer scored like 10 and everyone else has scored one or something. I, I don't I don't know if it's like Brighton or one of those teams where it's so weird like their their goal scoring and we're we're kind of entering that that realm as well where our defenders are I think Tottenham Tottenham have like Kane and Son and their third highest scorer is own goal. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. So, <laughs> like the, the the goal scoring in the league is is apart from the top lot is is quite appalling when you look at it. Because I always think we scored quite a few goals, fifty five or something like that. That you know, but then you look at Tottenham, Man United, and they've pretty much scored the same amount as as us, to be honest. Um. So yeah, for for us, set pieces have been quite quite key this season. I think we could have scored a lot more set pieces. Our deliveries into the box with uh, Saka and Martinelli especially, have been absolutely just brilliant. The way they put the ball right in the middle now, they don't, uh, apart from some corners, they don't mess around. They're just in-swinging corners, no out-swingers, no messing around. And Erdegaard as well, actually, all three of them, they put in really good deliveries and, you know, we've reaped the benefits. Let's hope this, this set-piece coach lasts longer than the last one and doesn't leave in the summer again. But yeah, he, he's done a Really good job, especially defensively. Set mm-hmm. pieces. I mean, the the they're counting the we, Southampton. We haven't consorted, have we? Well, no, they're counting the Southampton one as a as a set piece goal. Even though I I I don't, I don't know what what you think. If yeah, the second phase of play stuff is <laughs> is yeah, they're counting it as a as a set piece goal. Yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> would because they don't want us to have that record of not conceding, don't they? Like, <laughs> so they so they're going to no matter what. Yeah. So, like but then again, which... I mean, this this was second phase of play for Gabriel as well, wasn't it? So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, Richard, did you have any heart in the mouth moments when? Um, you thought maybe Holding might have handballed it because he had his arm out 
when he went for the um, for the second ball, and I, I personally think he hit his arm, but they VAR chalked it off, and I've known VAR to probably be a little bit of bastards and probably say it's handball, not give the goal to us. Um, no, not really. I, I didn't. Um, I think because it was it was kind of like a, a, another, almost like a, another phase that then happened from Gabriel getting the get, uh, Gabriel getting the um, sorry Martinelli, sorry, getting the ball and 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 then swing it back in. I it was I wasn't too worried about it. I have to say, um, I, I did notice it, but I didn't really. I think the the check was fairly quick anyway. So by the time it kind of flagged up on the TV. And I kind of looked at him and was going, nah, they're not going to, they'd already ruled it out. So I, I wasn't really, um, uh, that, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure if it happened the other way around and that handball happened in, you know, against us, I'd be spitting blood right now. But um, no, I, I, I wasn't um, overly, overly fussed about it. No, I have to agree. I was, I was looking at it, but you know, when you think, VAR can just be bastards and mm. it's Arsenal that like you have this thought in the back of your head. Um, the game kind of petered out, I think, a little bit. We, What I like about Arsenal this season is the dark hearts of Arsenal, the time wasting, the, the fouls that we do. I absolutely love it. Um, do you think that it's something that we've trained for or something that maybe Arteta has definitely said to them, you know, do certain fouls. Like, you know, if you need to take a yellow card, take a yellow card, apart from Granit Xhaka, because you need to tell him to take a yellow card. Um, but Femi, do you think that is something that we are training to do? Like the dark heart, staying down as well. You know, when like we're injured, just taking a, you know, an extra minute to get up, roll around, fix your laces, pull your sock up, those sort of things. Yeah, I mean... It's a it's a plus side of signing players that are not sort of um, how can I put this that are coming from lower down the league as well. Players like you know Ben White, Ramsdale, players like that. They're used to playing for teams you know that waste time majority of the game. Ramsdale is you know majority of his career would be taking goal kicks for ten minutes in a game. Is that's what he's used to you know. <laughs> so if he, if he needs to revert to that, he can and. Obviously, we've got loads of coaches now at the club, and I'm sure you know you've got people like uh, what's what's our English assistant's name? The uh, David Steve Moyes, Round. Old, Steve Round. These are like old wily coaches, you know, that would have experience of doing it. And obviously, you've got Arteta as well. He would have grown up under you know the Everton, David Moyes, and Rangers. So they, they've got some grit about them as as managers, coaches, and stuff like that. So. You, you you have to know what to do in in this game, you know. There's no point in being a nice guy. So remember when we we played on the Wenger, we used to be two one up and we were banging fullbacks forward in the 90th minute, and then we'll get caught on a, on a counter attack. And you know, you, you just have to be smart sometimes. Just take the win. Now is not about performances, to be honest. No, I, I would love that even if we've, you know, we've got like a, the set piece coach and all that sort of stuff. I would love that we have an official like shithousery coach, <laughs> just a, a, a just a coach whose only focus and only job is just to teach shithousery, the laces, the, the, the water breaks, just any kind of, you know, that that. 
classic Robert Perez of, you know, like when he, he was like a marionette puppet, he'd cut his strings and he would fall to the floor. Just all that sort of, of sort of, I, I can't, I generally can't stand that in the game, but that's usually because that's always happening to us. Now we're doing it. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, Southampton didn't, Southampton until they got caught out, used to always have a player go down around 60, 70th minute and then they all go over to the sidelines. So Ralph, um, so they, to imagine, give them tactics. And then yeah. I think it was Sky Sports done a, a highlight yeah. on it. And then all of a sudden they stopped, they stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm looking at all the coaching staff on my screen and I promise you, I'm, I'm still scrolling down. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. There's so many of them. There's so many staff members, um, all the way from Arteta around, uh, Albert, uh, the goalkeeping coach. There's so many of them. Some of these young if one, guys if one well. of them has the initials DOS, Director of Shithousery, on their chest, well, look, I'm going to lose it. It's probably this one, hired from Atletico Madrid. That's where we got it from. That's the yeah. one that's doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the one. You are dead right. You are dead right. <laughs> but, that, but that's great. Um, I want to talk about the Declan Rice incident. Like, I, I found it funny. I was watching it. And I was half doing my work and half watching it, and I'm then just seeing Declan Rice square up to Eddie and Ketia. Like, how much of a prick is Declan Rice? So I have to say that because, like, there was no need for that. And for me, that's wasting time. Like, that's wasting more time for your team where you're losing. You just want to put the ball down and play i don't understand why he did it like it was just weird richard what did you think like do you what do you watching the game thinking are you some sort of idiot like what's wrong with you i i never really normally disliked um declan rice i always thought you know he was a, a phenomenally good player but what the fuck was he doing excuse my language what the hell was he doing it and the whole giving it the big like was he saying like who are you to inketia yeah i Swear he like you know he's the guy who scored all his goals for in the under twenty ones, mate. You've been in enough games with him and stuff like that. I I, I thought that was very very strange. It was very very odd. Um, I I couldn't even. I struggled to even remember why they were even squaring up to in the in the first place. Kind of thing. It just seemed very very bizarre. It, so it was a foul by um, El Nene, I think it is, and I think. And Ketia prevented them from sort of getting on with the game. He sort of got in the way of the free kick. He took, took a yellow card for it. It is where it is. And then everyone came running up to him, like Enketia. And then the whole Arsenal team came out like a little bit of handbags, as you do with footballers, because, you know, everyone's, no one's going to throw a punch because they know that <laughs> you throw a punch, you're going to get sent off straight away. And then it was all finished. It had literally finished. Everything had done. And then for some unknown reason, Declan Rice went up to Eddie Nketiah and carried on. He, he carried it on. So, obviously, Eddie Nketiah's like, what are you on about? And he's like, who are you? Who are you? Shut up. And I'm like, bro, your team's losing. Like, if I was Eddie Nketiah, I would have been like, your team's losing 2-1. Like, and you'll still want to argue with me. Eddie Nketiah, brilliant, because I would have argued with him all day. I would have carried on the arguing. Like, and it's eating up seconds, eating up time. Love it. Like he said, director of shithousery. Probably telling him to do that as well. And it's just really, really weird. I guess what I love about that is that the whole Arsenal team came in to back him. Mm. 
Like, and Eddie Kett is not stupid. He's arguing with him on purpose, like wasting more time. And like the West Ham team are going up to Rice and saying, come on, get on with it, get on with it. Like, and um, Odegaard's coming to Eddie Kett and saying, no, oh, don't worry about it. But how much, it's just an idiot. Like, I just don't understand that. Footballers are never good. It's not the old days. Footballers are never, ever going to fight on a football pitch. Like, it's never going to happen because no one's going to risk a red card. But all this squaring up to each other, footballers, it just makes me laugh because no one's going to do anything, not one of you. So, <laughs> I don't get it. And mate, I'm telling you, the director of Shithouser, he had that clip on a flash drive Monday morning, ready ready to go through the rewatch. It was, it, I like I said, I, I love the fact that everybody everybody jumped in as well, kind of, not like making, you know, as you said, no one's throwing any punches or anything, but, you know, we, we're defending our defending our own and, you know, everybody's looking out for each other and, and it, all it did was just wasted more time. So, yeah, I, I, I was I was very pleased with how we, we handled it and like I said, the whole Eddie and Ketty are just standing there, kind of standing his ground, just completely, you know, giving him nothing back, you know, prick so yeah now well done to Inketia and the lads I am um, I, I thoroughly endorsed it definitely um and yeah so we won the game Femi do you think there was a little more pressure on the guys because Tottenham had won before not according to Ramsdale he said he didn't, he didn't even know the result <laughs> but um I, I, the don't liar. Know, because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know because you've got um I think we're in a stage now, I think, where we've got to start thinking about... Uh, we, we probably would have been at that for a while, but game at a time, and now it's in our control. Do not worry about them. I, I think we're literally... As soon as the game finished, all, uh, my first words were, you know what, that was absolute garbage, but take the points. I never want to think about that game again. And on Saturday night, I just want to sit back in front of my TV and watch them get stuffed. That's all I'm thinking because it's now just now it's up to you. You go and do something in your hardest game of the season. If I could have picked, to be honest, if we could have picked any game for them to play in this running, it would be Liverpool away at Anfield. Over Man City away, over anything. Liverpool away is the hardest game in the league. You know, so now it's ball in their court and then, then, you know, we've got to do it on Sunday. So now it's that's why I said we just got to think about us now because we we had those three performances where we were we just lost something I don't know what it was something was wrong and that's because it was our, we 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 put pressure on ourselves so now it's up to us to say you know what it's it's in our court now and we just have to go and do the job on Sunday and then this time next Thursday boy let's see what happens isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the time we play them, potentially we could be five points ahead. I mean, that's with everything going our way. If we beat Leeds and they lose at Anfield, which would be brilliant, Richard, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, that's what we that's what we need. Like I said, um they they've got a, I don't think they've got a, a particularly good record up at Anfield and that, you know, Liverpool are going for that quadruple or what you know, what uh, uh whatever. Um, so they're they're going to be up for it. They're they're not going to want to drop any points. So, and yeah, so they're going to be on it. So hopefully they get absolutely tonked. All of their players get absolutely spent, and and thing, and then we can do the business on 
on uh, Leeds because but, uh, you know Femi's right and we, in fact that we need to focus on us because it's no good they them losing to um, Liverpool and then we you know mess it up against Leeds you know we need to be clinical we need to do our jobs we know we, we need to go out there and and, and, and you know put be professional and get the get the job done. I think it it massively helps that we play after them for this game. You know, because um, I th- I think as as much as you would love to, you'd love to put the you know just be that one game at a time and not focus on anything kind of thing. But I don't you know the the players knew that 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 Tottenham had won kind of thing. So it was it was always going to be a little bit in in their mind, you know, as, as, as professional as they, you'd like them to be, it's always going to be in their mind. So I'm glad we, you know, we're, we're, we're playing them after. We just need to get that overline and go, go to White Hart Lane with five points so that there's no, there, there's very little or very little pressure on us because I, I still think under pressure, you know, this squad is still, this team is still learning to play with pressure. I think there's going to be no better pressure than going to White Hart Lane needing something. I mean, I just think that I would love to have that little buffer, you know, to go to White Hart Lane, five points, potentially securing top four at White Hart Lane, which would be brilliant. But I don't think that should be in the player's mind. I think because what I don't, I guess what I don't want is them to think is, oh, if we lose this game, I guess we've still got two points um, in hand, which that's, something we definitely don't want. I think they're going to play for pride, obviously. You know, you're going to want to beat your local rivals 100%. And I think that, you know, there's no bones about it. This is going to be a very hard game. You know, Tottenham, as much as I hate to say that, they're playing good football at the moment. Uh, Conte has definitely got them playing. And the link-up play between Son and the um, and Kane, you know, as much as I hate them and... You know, I personally wouldn't put in my fantasy football team, would I, Femi? But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I can't, I can't lie. It, it's, um, do you know what? That's the reason why I haven't got points. I'm not, I refuse to put any top players in my fantasy football. And you, Ellis, don't think we haven't forgotten. Fuck Ellis. But yeah. Um, <laughs> That was an extremely pointed comment there, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) But their link-up play is very, very good. And that's not to say that we can't get at them. Um, Not at all. You know, you are wishing that you did have, you know, all of our good players back. But El Nene and Xhaka in the middle are, you know, at the moment they're playing well. Eddie and Ketia, you know, getting at that back four, He's brilliant. We need a player with pace, and I wouldn't want sort of Lacazette to come back in. I mean, how good would it be for me to secure top four at White Hart Lane? You know what? I, I, I the more I think about this game, the more I, I've what I mean. I've I've seen bits and bobs of them. They don't really play that well at all. They just have these three players up front that just do the business. But the way we play, I give us a chance of going there and getting a result as in winning the game um, or getting a draw. I, I don't see why not because, you know, obviously dependent on personnel, but if we can keep Tommy um, White and uh, Gabriel fit, you know, I, I give us a chance there. I give us, why not? 
that would be a, I think that would be absolutely just the the confidence that we'll gain of not having to even do those last two games. <laughs> like we're all we're all thinking, oh, there's four games to go. Imagine we the next two games we win, that's it, we're done. <laughs> there's no more talk of top four. We we would have wrapped it up, you know, just just from those two games alone because they wouldn't be able to get um, eight points basically back on us. So why not? Let's 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 you know it's the game that we should have played in January. To be honest, I wish we had played that game in January because as soon as the, this fixture was postponed and it never got rearranged into the diary, you knew what Sky were doing. You knew what Sky were doing. We all called it as Arsenal fans. We knew what they were doing. As much if they would if they would have loved to put this in this week. Basically, not even next yeah. week. They would have loved to put this in the last, last the week season, yeah. As the, just before, because they know they can't switch the last game because it's set. They would have loved to have squeezed this in just before the last game of the season. But they've got it as close as they can to the end. They've manufactured something which. But to be fair, we should have just played that game and just taken the result because I think we would have caught up the points at at any point anyway because they're just not stable at all. I mean, they're just, they're, I listen to their fans. They're just as inconsistent as we are, if not more. You know, they, they don't know how to keep the ball. They get pressured so much. The, the game against Brighton, if you nullify Kane and by dropping someone into midfield, they've got nothing else. They've got nothing else. That's what we need to do. I think nullifying Kane is going to be key. Tommy Yasu being back and being able to keep up with Sun. Um, it is going to be definitely key, 100% key. And I know he limped off um, in a West Ham game. There's no talk of him not playing. Or I think Arteta said it was just a little precaution or a knock. And hopefully he's... Uh, I think it was just cramp. I think it was just cramp. He's just been out for a long time. And yeah, I don't think it was any any injury or anything like that. I mean, we're, what the danger, what we're doing, and I'm guilty of this now, we're looking past the Leeds game. And Leeds yeah. is no, they're fighting for their lives. So Leeds is going to be no easy game, even being at home. And I think that, you know, we can't just look to the Leeds game and think, oh yeah, that's easy three points because it really isn't. Like, I don't think uh, it is, you know, when teams are scrapping for their lives to stay in the Premier League, that's when they're most dangerous, don't you think, Richard? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, 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 um you know, when it, when a, a damaged animal, you know, will always return in frenzy, and they're always going to be dangerous. But I, I think the Leeds game kind of famous last words kind of plays into our hands a little bit because they are so open and they leave such big spaces for us. So you know, hopefully, we'll be able to 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 take advantage of of that. I know they got Phillips back. Have they got Bamford back yet? Um, no, not Leeds. He's done. He's done for the season. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, you know, hopefully, let's see. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. You know, we, we need to, we need to get, get past Leeds first and get that, that, um, uh, that job done professionally, because like I say, it's, it's, can you imagine, like I say, if, if, if Liverpool do tonk Spurs and then we stuff it up, it would be sick as a parrot, you know, we'd be absolutely gutted because that would, that would be a massive, massive chance. But hopefully, like I say, we can beat Leeds and then we can go on to, to the, the Armitage Shanks arena. And, you know, we've already, we've already won the league 
at, at Spurs twice. So why can't we uh, get top four at Spurs as well? I mean, yeah, I, I'd love that. I think um, Everton winning against Chelsea, which, you know, let's um, all laugh at that. I think it was such unexpected, so unexpected, like completely. I think that's what throws the cat amongst the pigeons because, you know, maybe Leeds are thinking, oh, Everton are going to get dragged into this, but then winning again, it's like, shit, they're probably thinking, where are these points coming from? I mean, it would be brilliant to relegate Everton on the last game of the season, uh, secure top four at White Hart Lane. Uh, so not White Hart Lane, the toilet bowl, whatever the stadium's called now, the Tottenham Stadium, sorry. Um, would just be absolutely brilliant. But I think, like Loki said in, in the chat here, the Newcastle game, I personally think, is a worry. Um, Newcastle are playing well. I think Liverpool just about beat them. It's not a given that you can go to Newcastle and pick up points. And I think if we're looking at maybe dropping points anywhere, it's maybe Newcastle away and maybe Spurs away. So we need to hope. I mean, it's in our own hands. That, and that's what's the best thing, that we're securing top four is in our own hands. But it just wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham went away to New to Liverpool and got a result. They did it at Man City where no one expected them to get a result. And, you know, it's just so typical Tottenham slash Arsenal that that would happen. And I don't know why, like, I, I'm pessimistic about this because Liverpool at the moment, best team in the world. The they're football that they play, the way their front three slash four um, play, bringing their wing-backs just um, absolutely brilliant. One of them can't defend, but, you know, he's brilliant at supplying um, balls. But for me... To be, to be fair, if you think about it, anything other than Liverpool beating them 4-0 doesn't actually make that much of a difference to us. So if they draw, for example, it actually doesn't make any real difference. If they draw or lose 1-0, for example, because the goal difference is so big, it actually doesn't make that much difference. Because they'll, you know, if we if if the results go how you're saying it would go, we lose to them, we draw with Newcastle, you would probably finish on the same points, and they've got the goal difference. What's the difference between? It's still one point anyway. The only thing is, if Liverpool absolutely stuff them, then it dents their confidence going into the game against us. So that's that's what you're looking at. So I can't see them getting a result at all against Liverpool at all. I can't see Emerson Royale keeping up with um, Diaz on, on the wing. I, I can't see... Yeah, they rave on about this centre-back that they've got. What's his name? Romero, what's his name? He's a he's a horrible, horrible player. Yeah, yeah. He's a nasty, but, horrible player. Against Man City, I mean, they won, but flipping hell, they were lucky in that game. And that last kick that they had, that, that game actually made me that's the last Tottenham game I watched because I was like I'm not watching this no more and that's why I actually want Liverpool to win the league because after that game I that last minute I said you know what in Man City I don't want Man City to win the league because forget this these idiots they gave them six points basically this season there's no way I want Man City to win the league that annoyed me so much and that's it I said I'm not watching them no more I, I, and I, I'm not watching them anymore I see bits and bobs of them I don't I see clips. I don't watch them on match of the day. I, I honestly couldn't care about them. I just want us to focus on us. Like you said, let's do our job against Leeds because 
the Brighton game was just rubbish. To be honest with you, that that annoyed the hell out of me, and I don't want another performance like that against you know a team we should be beating at home. Yeah, we have to definitely focus on ourselves, and I think Leeds at home they're going to have to attack us. I think if they leave us space, then we can get at them. I mean, a hundred percent, and go to Tottenham Stadium five points ahead. That's the dream, isn't it? Like, even if can we get a draw at Tottenham Stadium and still secure top four? Because six points, no, it's an eight points thing, isn't it? Yeah, so we actually need to win that. Yeah, yeah, but if we then... two games, no, because there'll be two games left, isn't it? Yeah, so we need basically so we need a win. So if we won there, they, there's no way they could catch us. Yeah, there's no way they um, could catch us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we um, the basically a dream, wouldn't it? Like, what do you know? What, to be honest, the way pitch. we played against Chelsea away, why not? That I mean, that's a big game away. If that if we set up, you know, uh, like that attacking wise, why not? Why not? And we can still catch Chelsea. Don't forget, even though it's very very unlikely, we can still catch them. Uh, I want. I'd love. Wouldn't you just love to get third? <laughs> like after all, to battle for top four all season, and then somehow we managed to get third. Yeah, they need two wins basically to then no one can catch them, and they're playing Wolves who are just <laughs> they're, they're terrible at the minute. Aren't they? Yeah, they're awful. They've the properly gone Wolves. So yeah, no. I, I, I would. I would love for us to, to get above Chelsea just before oh. they're liquidated and <laughs> erased from 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 history. I mean, Richard, at the beginning of the season, like I think that every Arsenal fan just wanted to get back into Europe. We've achieved that now. Like we've got, we're definitely in Europe. Do you think Arteta needs to get more praise than he does by some quarters of the Arsenal supporters? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he does. Um, you know, I, I think football fandom now, um, like I said, with the, with the advent of, of, of social media, so people, it, there's so many. It, everything is so. Uh, territorial but like you know you're you're entrenched in your views and you know you don't waver and you there's there's no you know you can't change you seemingly can't change your mind over something you know i think i think we we discussed this a couple of podcasts uh, uh, ago with them um, where we're our very own pirate kind of thing who was very very you know staunchly in the arteta uh, not arteta out but you know wasn't a fan of arteta and even you know even he was you know said you know, I've come around to he's doing this well, he's doing this well, you know, he might not be his favourite of all time, he still might have things that he needs to improve on or things that he doesn't like about him, but he could recognise the qualities that Mikel Arteta is has has brought to this team um I mean, don't get me wrong I, I, I get it a little bit, you know, in the sense of like two eighth uh, position um finishes, you know falling out with you know the, the, as Danny called them, the Bundesliga bastards, and then the Bamiang and blah 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 blah, Gwendouzi and all that sort of like, you know. But I think what our Mikel is doing, and the upward trajectory that he seemingly takes on, I do think he needs to 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 get more more props for for what he's doing, you know. Uh, uh, um, I think Gary Neville at the start of the season had Arsenal down as the biggest underachievers or some, you know, uh, things like that. You know, I, I, 
I definitely think that he needs he needs more pro- and, and that we are ahead of the curve that I think a lot of even even the most optimistic Arteta fans uh, or people who are back in Arteta would, would would have thought they would be. And like I said, I, I agree with you in the sense of I, I think a successful season would be getting back into to Europe. We've done that, and now we're on the cusp, on the verge of getting into the Champions League, which is where we really wanted to be to be back in. You know, I think a, a lot of people would have thought that that would have probably been the the goal for for next season. You know, so yeah, I think I think massively needs to get to get props for what he's building and the, you know. Femi, you could probably answer to this more than most. You know, the atmosphere at the stadium, at the ground, is in the games that I've been to this season, it's phenomenal. There is there is a real, real connection between this team and the fans. And I think Mikel Arteta is, is playing a massive, massive part in that connection. Definitely. Definitely. Um, like I said, in the last... Um the last home game um, against Man United, uh, when the players do their little lap around the pitch, um, Mikel Arteta came, obviously, as he does after every game, to the centre just to say thanks to the players. But now he started kind of doing a mini round. With The players go all the way around, especially a lot of the English lads. You know, They go all the way around the pitch clap all the four corners, literally walk around, you know, like it's the end of season. And um, Xhaka started joining in that as well, interestingly enough. And Mikel does a mini one where he goes to every corner and just gives them a big clap. And the last home game against United, you know, he was basically cheered off the pitch, which I hadn't seen from an Arsenal manager in years, 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 years. I mean, Wenger used to unfortunately got to the point where he to shake another manager's hand and go straight down the tunnel. You know, Ateta's actually getting ripples of applause as he's coming off the pitch, which I haven't seen in about 10 years at Arsenal. And that's not me being disrespectful to Arsene Wenger. It's just the way things things panned out. So, you know, a lot of the duplicity that you see is online noise. I've not heard a peep about him at the stadium, not even a peak. The fans have been so supportive this season from day one. The only game that it was a bit was the Brighton game, but the fans have been on side the whole season. You know, the, we used to get dull games where no noise was made. This season, I can't think of many games, you know. Um, it, it's, it, it's been good and, uh, you know, long may it continue. I had, us, I had us down to finish six, to be fair, this season. So, They've already met my, you know, my um, expectations. So anything else from now on is, is I want to say it's a bonus, but it would be disappointing, especially because of who's chasing us and everything. But no, um, it's he's doing a good job. You know, I still have my ups and downs, reservations. <laughs> but, you know, I can't say that he's not. I mean, we. if you look at our results against the middling teams in the league, it's 10 times better than it was last season. Teams like Wolves were coming to the Emirates. And I know it was all that lockdown, weird atmosphere stuff, but playing us off the park, Burnley beating us, all these silly results. You know, even though we've had a few this season, it's been less and less of those. And, 
you know, you, you, if you want to go to the next level, you know, we have to even push for even less silly results. So let's just try and let's just try and finish this this job, man. I really want us to do it. It would be so massive for the the fan base, the players, the club, everything. Um, if if we do it, the Amazon are going to win a freaking Emmy for that bloody documentary, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, let's just say, like, for me, worst case now that we don't make top four, I mean, we end up fifth. Um, yeah. And I, I think only the only reason why anyone would really be that pissed off is because who we lost out to top four too. I think if it had been any other person, any other team, everyone would have been like, you know what, we ended up fifth. So we ended up eighth last season, fifth this season. So there's, so there's um, progress there. You know, I think he goes in, this is like Arteta's last, so he goes into his final year, doesn't he? I believe. Yeah. Would, do you think, I mean, obviously the offer for him to sign the contract is on the table. It's probably been on the table for a very long time. Do you think that he's not signed it in case we don't get top four and then he says, you know what, I've taken this team as far as I can go and that's it? Or do you think he's waiting to get top four, the feel-good factor within the club, and then, you know, announce, oh, I'll just sign the new three-and-a-half-year contract, four-year contract? I think he's already... That's already signed, sealed. I think... Yeah, I agree. That's, I think that's why he went to America, personally, you know, um, that that when everyone else went to Dubai, and then I think that's why he went to America, because I just think they've got so much faith in this guy, and... Um, I don't know who was this. Who was it that was saying it? Um, someone was talking about him the other day, where they were talking about the whole club is built around him now. Um, they absolutely love him there. The, the staff love him. He basically runs the club. He gives massive speeches and stuff like that. You know, it's it's about stability, and we've been stable. So let's let's. I mean, it, it's not worth. I mean, what's the point of? If you're going to start pushing forward, that's all you ask for as a club, you know? So now, let's see what the next stage of the, the project is now, you know? And for the next stage of the project, the players that are coming in, the stability of the manager probably makes a massive difference. So if you're now signing a little bit more quality, you know, give him his contract, let him sign the contract, let players that are around him sign contracts, you know, like Saka, Martinelli, etc etc and then just just move on from there really so no it's, it's it's i think he'll sign i think they'll they'll sort that out early on in the summer i think i mean yeah it'd be good i think stability is the key word that you use there for me we definitely need that within the club like richard said or what danny said about getting rid of the bundesliga bastards i think now what's happening is that in the club we've you know we're, we're rebuilding that's what we're doing you know young talent um, I believe the dressing was probably toxic with you know the whole Ozil situation. Um, you know, it wasn't good for anyone, and then obviously you had uh, the, the situation with Abamyang, which was never, never, ever good. And you know, I think once a player kind of loses respect for their manager, which obviously that's what they did, they blatantly had words, it probably went a bit too far, and it was like, well. You know, you, you can't play for me if you don't respect me. Uh, we got rid of him. And, I mean, you know, would he would we be in the same position with him in the club right now? Who knows? Who, you know, we just don't know what would have happened. But 
But then the problem yeah, we've got is um, that that we it's scary to think that okay, if we're now if the Cronkies are so reliant on Arteta, what 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 are we gonna do if he does decide to leave? Like what what how does it work now? You know because we've built so much around him and he's so much of like I was just saying the the image of the so club now we've. Yeah, we've basically gone back to an Arsene Menger situation where <laughs> that we tried to get away from, where he's now the man, basically. Because that's what happens when you don't have people in charge you know about football. And let's be very honest, that's exactly what it is. Because they don't understand the running of a football club, they've made it reliant on one person who does. No, but they are... they tried to do the 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 multi person thing with Sanyehi and Mislintat and Ivan the Terrible, who you know, and it just it all went tits up, and it went you know it was even it was even worse than 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 what we had under let's say under Wenger and something like that. I mean, like, you guys, you remember the the football under Emery and the disorganisation seemingly everywhere. It was just a a disaster zone. So I think maybe this you know, one person to rule it, or maybe that's, that's, you know, what we needed and what's seemingly what's working at the minute. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, Richard, I think maybe more quote unquote football people on the board so that we're not left in a bit of a predicament. If, you know, Arteta does leave, because let's face it, if Pep decides, you know, I can't take this Man City squad. I mean, he just, did he just suddenly contract Pep? I want to say he did, didn't he, a few months ago? Or maybe there's something I'm just making up, I can't remember. But if he then decides, you know, I've been at Metton City for all these years, I can't win the Champions League with them, clearly that something's wrong, I'm going to go. Man City are definitely looking towards Arteta, that's 100%. And with all the money at their disposal, Arteta's going to take that job. Like, 100% that he's taking that job. So, you know, Making one person integral um, to the club, like taking them out, is obviously not the best thing in the world, but it's good in the same time because, you know, there's one source of information, one direction that they're moving to. And I guess with Edu, Edu must be talking to Arteta constantly and saying to him, you know, this is what we need, this is what we need, this is what we need. I mean, surely they, by now, Richard and Femi, you would think that there's two lists of players that they need uh, for next season. There's one Champions League, if we make the Champions League, these are the players we need to go for. And there's one, if we make the Europa League, these are the players that we need to go for. Um, and you're hoping that that list is probably being worked on now, if not being worked on, um, not completed by now. Because Femi, don't you think we need, what, two strikers? We need possibly a replacement left and right back. Um, depending on who stays, maybe another centre midfielder. You know, it's not going to be easy to get all these players in in one transfer window. I think we're looking at about another six, aren't we? Um, especially with with being in Europe. Now, and I think especially with Arteta not trusting the squad players, I think that's what is a bit scary because I cannot see us going through a Champions or European campaign with the lack of trust that we have for certain players, players like Pepe. What what is the point of Pepe anymore? He doesn't even come on the pitch. You know, he, he's literally 
yeah, we're, we're just out of nothing with him. We've got players, like you said, El Nenny, who's literally just started playing because he wasn't trusted. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, Femi. So many. <laughs> there's not there's so many. <laughs> Let's not besmirch no, the, 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 the pyramid pillow. <laughs> Arteta has to tr- find players that he trusts. And there's too many players on that bench right now that he just doesn't trust. And we cannot go into a season with four, 15 players, basically. It's impossible to go into a season with Europe with that many players. Like I, I was of the opinion that, you know, this Sunday, Pepe should be starting for Saka and saving Saka for, for, um, yeah, uh, for Spurs yeah, because Saka looks absolutely knackered by sixty minutes every game. Now he's cramping up, he's dropping to the floor. You know, obviously he gets a lot of kicks, but he just looks—he just looks fatigued. You know, and Pepe, it costs whatever it costs, even if he costs thirty million, and the rest was was thievery and agents allegedly whatever. <laughs> he still should be able to play a home game against Leeds. You know, he should have the skill sets required to do that. He should you, be able to break down defences, you know? You definitely would hope or think that Pepe would play, because I would definitely start Pepe against Leeds. And then if you need yeah. to bring on Saka, then exactly. bring him on. And maybe, you know, take off Xhaka, um after 60 minutes and bring on... Um, Lukonga. Yeah, Lukonga, like... You know, would you risk even, you know, would you risk playing um, Tommy Asu the whole game? You know, it's... No. But he like you said, he doesn't... Minutes. But like you said, he doesn't seem to trust. Like, when I... Danny, if you are listening, can you tell me the last time Pepe um, was on the pitch? Because I can't remember. So he didn't play against Man United. Did he play against... Did he play against Brighton? Did he come was. against Brighton? Did he come on against Brighton? Oh. Yeah, I think he's fairly certain sure he came on against Brighton, didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he came on against Brighton. And didn't he have an absolute shocker? Like, he he, he was he was absolutely oh, awful. Was or am I just misremembering we were, that? No, there was a game that we were ahead and he came on. I don't know if it was Aston Villa or something like that, or, or one of those games. Um, no, it was oh, definitely, oh, a, sorry, it was definitely a home game. And he, he came game, on and he was awful. And yeah, yeah it was, it was just it was terrible. That we're winning. We're winning the game. He, he was good in the um, the Wolves game. <laughs> oh, here we go. You've got it here. When last did Pepe play? Oh, there you go. I mean, like, oh, I, I, to, to be fair to Pepe, if he if he's not getting chances and he's not getting minute, how can you get any bit of consistency and, and any bit of form? I agree. So to, to be fair to him, and... yeah, it was Aston Villa away where he kept giving away free kicks. And he gave away that free kick they almost scored from. So he lost his Yeah. It's absolutely awful. But he's playing like look at the minutes that he's playing now. Let even that that you know, you're saying he's playing, it's like the most minutes is is twenty one minutes. I mean mm. the thing is you can't come in cold. That's why, you know, when um when Lukonga, um Tavares you know, first started against Crystal Palace and he was, let's face it, he was absolutely shocking. If someone comes in cold and hasn't played, then what do you expect? Like, you can't someone to expect someone to hit the ground running straight away. Like, 
you just can't do it. And like you said, those minutes, 15 minutes against Brentford, 19 minutes against Wolves, 17 minutes against Watford, like five minutes against Leicester, like that is not enough minutes. You need okay, them look to... At this for, look at this, for example, Norwich. We had that Norwich game tied up so early on, didn't we? And he still only comes on for 12 minutes. Those are the types of games where you just you say, okay, you know what? That's why I said you need to have, you need to have a squad that he trusts. If he doesn't trust these players, whoever he doesn't trust just just has to leave now. You know, to be honest, there's no point in saying, oh, we're, we're four nil up after 60 minutes, and I'm still going to flog Saka until the 81st minute. What, what what's the point of that? You know, you have to learn to to rotate and rest, and that that's something that we're going to have to improve on for next season, I think. Do, yeah, do you guys think that Pepe's gone next season then? Without yeah. a doubt. Look at these minutes. This is mm. this isn't even I mean for himself he has to go, but let alone for us, we're just there's no point in having a player that you're not gonna use on the bench. And giving a player twelve to fifteen minutes every now and then is is nothing. I mean, that's what you give youth team players, players that you're trying to build up from the youth team. But yeah, but that's what you'd rather do, isn't it? But like, if he's not going to play, give him a starting role, I mean, yeah, like you said, like, I think we're both, all three of us are in agreement that Pepe probably should start against Leeds to give Saka uh, a rest because I'd love Saka to get a full week's rest. But, but against, I bet you uh, any money, you know, you and I, all, we all know it's not going to happen. When you see no. that team sheet, you know it's not—it's never going to happen. And um, I saw today that um, uh, Mr. Waffles saying that they said they'll take twenty-five million for him. I saw today that um, Michael Elise has a thirty-five million release clause at Palace. I don't know, man. I know we've got a young team, but in a in a heartbeat, <laughs> I think if they said it's, yeah, in a, if that's true, if it's true, I'm yeah. telling you now. In a heartbeat, there should be minimum of about six, seven clubs um, going for him. Oh, congratulations, Rangers. Like, they made it to the final. Well done. Um, yeah, but I was literally... like, People should be... If Crystal Palace right now are not working on a new contract to take that release clause out of his contract, they are absolutely crazy. I would double his wages, just take that... Uh, release clause out of the um <laughs> out of it like um would you take him richard yeah absolutely absolutely like you said with it without even thinking about it it would just be you wouldn't even be able to finish the sentence would you like to take yes 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 i'll take him <laughs> yep yeah without a doubt without a doubt like so, as, you, as you guys said pepe's not trusted so almost anybody's kind of a a a, a, a Anybody that Arteta thinks is that he trusts is a bit of an upgrade because let's say he just he's not using him, you know he's he's those minutes are not um say not helpful for anyone. I say not for the player, not for the club. So yeah, I would definitely take um take that swap in a heartbeat. You know, in a corner yeah. of my eye, I'm watching the the Rangers celebrations and I'm like, I just want that. I want to be back in Europe so much doing that, getting to the semi-finals and, you know, all the celebrations we've seen in Europe this week and I'm watching Rangers, just the celebrations are insane. Is that the Conference League or is that is that the Europa? No, you're Rangers in Europa. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about and they've played quite a lot of hard teams as well, Dortmund and Leipzig. Yeah. It's pretty Giovanni Van Bronckhorst doing, doing, doing yeah, the, doing the business. Up and down, yeah. Big, big, big Wenger has done it again. 
Mourinho in the number final, they locked out. Um, and our Marseille Leicester. boys are out. Our Marseille boys are out. I'm looking at Salib crying um, on the pitch right now. Gendouzi um, arguing with the referee. Of course he is. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and these West Ham are out. Bastards can't stand them. But yeah, um, back to Arsenal. So next season, I think, and I don't want to look too far to next season because we've still got some very hard games this season. But I think credit where credit is due to the whole squad because I don't think anyone gave us a chance to be where we are right now. Like all these professional pundits, that's what they say, they all had us in like um, eighth and seventh and sixth. Like So for us to be where we are, I think is just brilliant. And I think... Arteta and you know to an extent Edu and even the Cronkies for giving him giving them the money, you know, to spend fifty million on Ben White, to spend twenty odd million on Ramsdale. Um, you know, we we moan about you know the Cronkies not doing much for us, but you know we spent the most money in Europe in the summer, like without a shadow of a doubt, and. Mm. Um, Man United winning spot. Look how much money Man United spent, and look where they are at the moment. They uh, just they spent it so badly, didn't they? They they did what we did last season with, like, say, like Willian. You know, um, they just they 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 had no direction for what they had, no clear plan of what they were doing. The only reason they bought Ronaldo is because they shit themselves because they thought he was going to Man City, and they yeah. just couldn't countenance, you know, this Man United legend going to 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 city that was the only reason they bought him whereas i think arteta and edu learned from the their previous mistakes and and invested and invested very very well because that's it i know even though like say we, we have our doubts over over Tavares and stuff like that you know as i said at the top of the podcast you know at the start of the season there were there were calls for you know there was concerns that Tierney wouldn't get back into the into the starting eleven. You know Tavares was 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 doing so well, but you know all, all of them have come in and and just and improved the team exponentially. Ramsdale, a, a, you know, game changer. Ben White, you know, you, you think of what we had last. Was it last season? It, it, I've tried to block last season from my memory so many times, but like David Luiz giving away penalties left, right, and fucking centre. Excuse my language. Yeah, you know, yeah, Tommy Yasu, who's just been, you know, apart from the set piece coach and a, and the director of shithousery, he's been the sign of the season. He's been absolutely transformative. So we've spent it really, really well. So I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully, like I said, in the summer we'll be able to, to look at him there. We, we can. Um, they've got their their targets set out, and that's why they didn't want to buy anyone in January, and 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 splash any any panic buys in January and just stay the course. Yeah, and let's hope that you know it doesn't come back to bite us. I mean, like I said, Lacazette as our striker was not doing anything, and I think now the manager has had to sort of trust um our te- sorry had to trust Eddie because after the, what I think the Southampton game, I think that's the game that kind of Arteta looked at the team and said, you know what, like I said, can't do this. Like he just he doesn't bring anything to the team and he's gonna go and it is what it is. Um but for us I think that we need to focus on definitely 
next season, whether we whether we're going to be in Europe, no matter what. So that's good. So whether we were in Champions League or whether we're in the UEFA Cup or Europa Cup, sorry, um, back being back in Europe is such a big thing, and it draws players. I mean, being in Champions League gets you better players. This, be honest, it really does. But being in Europe gets you players one. I think there's going to be a lot of players available. You know, you know, players that are at squads who want to get into their World Cup and they've only got literally three, four months to make up their international manager's mind. So they're going to come in and play their hearts out to get into their World Cup squad. And I think that's going to be a bonus for us. It has to be. Like, it, it absolutely has to be a, a, a bonus for us to get players in who are going to play their hearts out to try and get into the World Cup squad. And I just think that, for us, can only be a good thing. What happens after the World Cup, we don't know. But, you know, um, no player... Every player is going to want to be in that shop window for the World Cup and they're going to play their hearts out. So for me, it's going to be brilliant. Um, final words quickly on the West Ham game and also going forward to the Leeds game. Uh, Richard, do you think that we'll beat Leeds? Yes. Yes, I do. Femi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very you don't sound confident, bro. Like, I'm gonna keep it real. Uh, you know what? It's just these silly games that we those three games that we lost just really just just uh, yeah, no, we'll win, we'll win. Uh, we'll do it one way or another. Um, we just need goals. I think, I mean, Leeds are literally the kind of level that Eddie and Ketia will eat off of. You know, he he's he. He'll, he'll, he'll have I, a point to prove against them as well, won't he? Because they they yeah, didn't really yeah. use him when he was there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think he can he can do well in that game. Um, I'd probably stick with Martinelli for that game and go ESR for the Spurs game. So, but yeah, no, I think I think we can. We just it's just you know what it is with us. It's always goals, isn't it? Like, how do we score goals? Like once we once we get the first goal, or if we get the first goal, like Rich said, if we go ahead, we're usually a different prospect than if we go behind. But yeah, let's let's just let's play. Let's just go full pelt. Yeah, so I think we can do it, yeah. That's good, that's good. Right, we're going to... Hang on a second, hang on a second. Carl, do you think we'll win? (laughs) Yes, uh, I'll be at work (laughs) again watching the game. Um, Yeah, I think we'll win. I would love a a tiny bit of squad rotation. I don't want Saka to start the game. I honestly really, really want um, Pepe to come in uh, and, and, you know... Score. I'd love to give, you know, Tommy Asu just a sixty minutes. I'd love to take Xhaka off for a little bit to to rest him. Although that man's a machine, he can play ninety minutes every single week. But um, you know, all these players, I'd love to just give a little bit of a rest. But I think we can beat them. I, I honestly do. And I think if we can go to that North London derby game, five points ahead, I think the confidence because. Tottenham's heads will drop if they lose and then they see us win there's no doubt their heads are going to drop I think maybe it's a bridge too far and that for me is going to be brilliant so yeah I'd love it um, people if you've got any questions throw them into the chat and we'll do a few quick fire ones now um, Richard this is for you from Christian uh, Anderson um, who has been the <laughs> 
<laughs> so I just like to read it. Um, who has the most country looking face out of Declan Rice and Jordan Pickford? Uh, looks wise, I'd say Jordan Pickford. There's just something odd about that guy. There's something, there's something not right about him. But just for the sheer prickness over the weekend, I'm going to go Declan Rice. <laughs> how how dare he square up to Ed, our, our Eddie? Just ridiculous. Um, Femi from Phil Macca. Uh, is Xhaka the most improved player in the second half of this season? Oh, you have to come to me to give Xhaka praise. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been he's been good. Um, I said the other day, he's basically the captain of this team. Um, there was a moment in the main United game that wouldn't have been picked up on cameras that... Um, I think the ball went out of play. Someone was injured or something, and <clears throat> all the players were standing around. And Xhaka went to the touchline, and he grabbed about four water bottles, and he was handing out water bottles on the pitch and geeing up the players as he was handing them out. And I looked at it at that moment, and I said, "You know what? I fully get why they voted him captain. You know, he he's no nonsense <laughs> to, to, to his own detriment sometimes, but he he." He's improved on the pitch and he's taken on a leadership role in terms of commanding for the ball. I think El Nenny's definitely helped him as well, um, the way that he plays. I think him and Lakonga just don't mesh at all. I probably would love to see their record together. I probably think Lakonga's been involved, unfortunately, in a lot of the losses that we've had. Probably not totally to the fault of his own, but... Um, no, Jack has Jack has he's been good, and like I said, I wouldn't object to him being captain next season. I know it's probably going to Martin Odegaard, but I wouldn't object to it if he wants it. I think they should make him captain and Odegaard vice captain. Personally, now I think it's you know draw the, draw water on the bridge, and it's just a red card thing. If you and penalties things, red card and yeah, just 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 those two little things, red cards and penalties. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, but he hasn't he hasn't. I was gonna say he hasn't done anything. No, I don't know. But he did. He did the um, the Man City game. He gave away a penalty, and the Liverpool game he got sent off. So he's just Jacker, isn't he? I mean. Richard, if you if say a club, whoever it is, came in with a twenty five million pound bid for Granite Xhaka, if you was in charge, are you taking that twenty five million pound uh, for Granite? Yes, I would. Um, mainly because my friend Adam Corbett would kill me if I didn't, because he hates Xhaka. Um, I I I would. I I I appreciate what what Xhaka has been for us in the sense of this season and and he Femi's right he has improved and he is you know there's a reason why under I think it's like what three or four different managers he always gets picked he's always first person on the team sheet you know he is he is the captain without the armband but I think on the pitch mobility wise and as a, we need to move on from him at some point um so yeah if if someone offered me 25 million for him i i, I would take it because i think there are upgrades out there um for a better footballer on the pitch than than granite jacker and that's not me 
digging him out because like I say he he has been decent and you know he has his good things about his game but yeah no to answer your question I, I would take that 25 million yeah I, I I tend to agree I think there are better players out there that we could get um maybe not for 25 million but you know there are players out there that we could definitely improve on I mean like you said Granite Xhaka I think the things that he does off the pitch as well are brilliant for the players. It's just like Lacazette. I would love to keep Lacazette, but maybe not as a player, as like a motivator, because what he does for the younger players is brilliant. But, you know, he doesn't bring anything to the team put on the pitch-wise, per se. We can't have our striker hanging around the halfway line for link-up play. That, for me, it doesn't work. Um, we we, we can we can make him part of the pit crew. He can have an office next to the director of shithousery. Just, I, just, you know, I'd love him to do his coaching badges because I think maybe not a coach, but you know, just a motivator. But he wants to play, and the fact that he can go to France and probably get a game says a lot about that league as well. Uh, which I think is weird as well. That just to go sideways step. The fact that Mbappe is staying in the French league, he clearly thinks that the Spanish league is too hard and wants an easy life in the French league. But I guess with the money that they're paying him. Like I would probably stay in the French League as well. Um, quick final one to both of you. Um, realistic. Are we getting top four this season? Yes or no? Femi, are we getting top four? Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll wrap it up next Thursday, I told you. This time next Thursday, we'll be celebrating. I'm holding you to that, you know. Don't get twisted. Yeah, no, right, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll, we'll do it next Thursday. Danny, you need to pin that. We need to get a tweet and pin that. Like Femi said, <laughs> next Thursday, uh, we're winning. we are wrapping top four up. Uh, Richard, are we wrapping it up next Thursday or is it going a little bit further or are we not taking top four? I'm, I'm with Femi. Yes, Femi, oh, wow. we can oh, okay. do Yes, we can. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck them. All right. Um, I am a bit, I think we're going to get top four. Uh, I don't think we're going to do it at White Hart Lane, sadly, but I, I do think we are definitely, definitely going to do top, famous last words, but uh, yeah, we're going to win top four because we deserve it. We have had that the, far, the last two, three years at Arsenal has been, it's been hard. <laughs> it really has. And we deserve some enjoyment. We deserve something to be happy about and to, do top four and for and just for Tottenham to miss out because we got top four would make it that's just that little bit sweeter. If if we win the top four, if we get top four at, at the at the Armative Shanks Arena, forget the Emmy. Amazon are going to win an Oscar <laughs> for this for this documentary. And I will personally walk up to any Tottenham fan and shout out. Keep Arsenal's name out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I'm going to say, Femi, much appreciate for coming on. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Uh, Richard, pleasure as always. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries. And everyone, we are going to do top four. We've got Leeds on Sunday. Uh, I'm not too sure who's doing the post or pre-game show, but I'm sure Danny, if he hasn't stopped moaning, um, He'll come on and say, oh, I've done too many shows. And 
it's your fucking podcast, Danny, so you fucking come on the show. Anyway, um, everyone in the chat, much appreciated. Um, Loki, Mr. Waffles, Avon, Phil Macca, uh, all of you, much appreciated. Uh, the next, like I said, the next show will be on uh, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I'm not too sure if we're going to do a podcast on Thursday because we're playing the game. So we might do one Friday or Saturday. Depends what, if Danny has to stop moaning and he sorts it out. Um, but anyway, thanks everyone and take care and see you later till next time. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.